This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never Podcast! Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the headliner of the preview show, the main man himself, Dave Statman, just in his side win at home to Everton, Roberts! Dave, talk me through your emotions, my friend. How are you feeling today? Wonderful, Kermit. Yes, absolutely wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to stop doing that. I mean, you know, some people would suggest that the preview show can sometimes resemble the Muppet show. Not of your doing, I would suggest. Uh, But yeah, I do do, uh, very much deflect into... Deflect? That's not the word. I sometimes um, defer to Kermit in the start of that show. Um, but all seriousness, Dave, how are you feeling after last night's euphoric win? What a feeling. What a night. Uh, yeah, it was a good win. It was, um turned it around second half. We didn't know whether uh, we were going to be able to. And we got a couple of really good goals from somewhere. Uh, got us back in. And uh, yeah, well deserved in the end. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've just finished the analysis show, so listeners, if you haven't tuned into that yet, do um, check it out. Myself, Rich and George uh, sat down and we just got giddy and got excited about things. And we we analysed a few tricky points from the game as well because we wanted to see what we can try and iron out in this critical run-in. But Dave, I think one of the things that we talked about was that these next nine games now are very much going to be like a game of chess. There's going to be some interesting strategy deployed by managers at the bottom because... I think the feeling is, is if we can just get our noses in front of Everton, of Everton, which this weekend may be the weekend, then all we need to do is just better Everton's results and we're done. Do you share that view? Uh, there is that. And also um, interesting to hear Sean Dyche's comments in his uh, post-match uh, mm. press conference about uh, the half-time team talk and yes. saying that they, this lot don't know how to win, which was uh, an interesting was mind games move. It is, and actually, we've not. I don't think. I don't think we've seen that from Daesh since the the championship Ito Karanka days. He, like yeah. they had a lot of beef that season. They were at each other all the time. But since then, Daesh has just not got involved. I was kind of shocked. I loved it. Don't get me wrong. But when I heard it, I was like, oh, I Taking love it. Back. And it's like, yeah. And do you know what? He. We've sometimes criticised Daesh, haven't we, for not playing the Premier League game enough. 
Um, and sometimes, you know, nice guys finish last. And, and I think he's just, is he? I don't know. Am I, am I imagining this, Dave? Is he starting to, to play, the, play the game to get us survived? I, I'd like to think so. Uh, it seemed a little bit like it. Yeah, I was, I was a little bit taken aback. I was uh, a little bit surprised when I heard that. But uh, yeah, um, all power to him. Oh, power team. Love it. Right. Uh, we're going to go on to, uh, because we've, of course, got an absolute massive game again this weekend, um, which, interestingly, I'm going to pose another question to you, Dave. Well, this is going to be an interesting dynamic this tonight. Um, but before we get on to that, we have a very quick turnaround of a quiz question. Um, before we, well, while we previewed the Everton game, we asked you the following question, which was, according to very... <laughs> I'd forgotten about this. Listeners, this was Dave's rant last week about Pep and the grass. And I knew this was going to come back again. Oh, we're back into rant territory. Okay, this is fine. According to very strict Premier League regulations, I think we all know what's coming next, listeners, what is the maximum, in capital letters in bold in Dave's script, height in millimetres of the grass that is allowed on the pitch? And for a bonus point, which I'm pretty sure you all got, because we know what the answer to this is, can you also tell us how many times this regulation has been breached by Burnley since it was brought in? Now, Dave, before we get on to our listeners' submissions, are you are you okay with this now? Have you calmed down? It's gone. It's in the past, yeah. Till, till he mentions it next time. Yes, well, we don't need to worry about that. Um, in that case, then, how many of our listeners, well, I guess what was the answer, and how many of our listeners submitted the correct answer please uh, well the correct answer was um 30 millimeters not very much that's just three centimeters and although it was a tongue-in-cheek rhetorical question uh, nobody apart from perhaps some ill-informed opposition managers will be surprised to know that this regulation has never been breached by burnley mm, um sure. although no one was spot on with the maximum grass length most um responses we had seemed to think it was much longer uh, but just about everybody knew that it, there have been zero breaches. So uh, well done if you got in touch. I kind of feel like you led us down that path, to be fair, Dave. I feel like that was the, that was the anger. Um, I guessed five millimetres, I think, didn't I? Um, I was quite surprised. I think it was that. Five that centimetres. Short, did I say? Oh, I did say five centimetres, yes, which was what? 50 millimetres. 50 millimetres. millimetres. Yeah. And I said millilitres then. That's definitely not the right calculation. Well, listeners. Now that's the amount of water we put on the pitch. That's very true. Oh, he also whinged about that as well. Oh, no, was it lack of... Is it, was it, it was dry. It was lack yeah. of water, was it? Yeah. yeah. Pep, schmep, shut up. Um, well, listeners, um, if you didn't get to turn this around in time, because it was a very quick turnaround, do not fear, because you get another chance. Um, you just need to stay tuned to the end of the episode. Don't go away, and we will give you another quiz question. Premier League, head to head. So, Dave... Another monumental game at the bottom of the Premier League. It is Norwich City away from home. Sunday the 10th of April. It's a 2pm kickoff live on Sky Sports. Why don't you please kick us off with the history of this fixture, starting with Premier League meetings? Uh, yeah, well, as uh, Norwich and Burnley have only been together in the top division once during the Premier League era, there's only one previous away game for us to talk about. Um, as it was also a Burnley win, then it stands to reason that we should also con. Bind this section with the memory match feature and cover them both together. Memory match! Uh, Norwich have been a yo-yo club over the past few seasons. In 2018-19, the Canaries won the championship with 94 points, but the season after, they struggled at the higher level, suffering an immediate relegation with a last-place finish with just 21 points. 
Towards the end of that season, with the home side already relegated, Burnley benefited from a couple of rash moments in the first half, which both eventually resulted in red cards being shown to Emi Buendia and Josip Dermich. Uh, the second of those two red cards was in first-half injury time, with the match still goalless, but worse was still to come for the hosts, as Chris Wood scored with an overhead kick just before the break. However, we never properly pressed home the advantage in the second half, and it took an own goal for us to double the lead. Eric Peters' cross was turned past Tim Krul and into his own net by Ben Godfrey, whose oh. defensive error coincidentally played a massive part in Burnley's winning goal on Wednesday evening. Uh, despite a poor return to the top flight, Norwich bounced back with another championship title with 97 points in season 2020-21, although they have once again struggled this season and remain odds-on favourites to go back down, barring a miracle. Barring a miracle indeed. On this day! Uh, so what, are, what about the on this day then fixture please then, Dave? What have you picked for that? Uh, well, we've got 28 pass matches on the 10th of April to look back on with 12 Burnley wins to report. So I'm going to do my best to give you a whistle-stop tour of the main highlights. Uh, we kicked off with a 5-0 home win over West Brom in 1897 and after a 2-1 away defeat at Doncaster in 1903 and a 1-1 draw against Preston at Deepdale in 1913, we picked up our second win with a 2-0 home victory over Everton the following year. After two more draws and a defeat, there was a memorable away win on 10th of April 1926. Burnley were bottom of the first division, but Louis Page scored six goals in a 7-1 demolition of Birmingham at St Andrews. He usually played on the left wing, but before the match, on hearing that he would be playing in the centre-forward position, he reportedly said, I will score six and stop at that number. He was true to his word, and the impressive win inspired the Clarets to survive that season at the expense of Manchester City and Notts County, who were both relegated. A 2-2 home draw against Manchester United in 1936 was followed by a couple of away defeats before a good win at Anfield in 1950, as Alf Clark scored the only goal in a 1-0 win over Liverpool. A heavy 5-1 league defeat to Aston Villa in 1954 was followed by a 1-1 draw against the same team in the League Cup semi-final first leg in 1961. Uh, spoiler here, we didn't reach the final. Um, and there was another draw against Villa, 2-2 this, this time, in a league match at Turf Moor in 1965. Uh, they followed a run of five consecutive wins in the 1970s and early 1980s, as we beat Blackpool 1-0 at home in 1971, and there was some revenge for our FA Cup semi-final defeat to Newcastle United in 1974, as we won the league match at St James's Park 2-1. The remaining three victories in this mini-run were all 1-0 home wins, against Birmingham City in 1976, Newcastle again in 1979, and Lincoln City in 1982. There were no wins in the remainder of the 1980s and 1990s with three draws and two defeats, which brings us to the current millennium and once again we're unbeaten in three games, all played away from Turf Moor. In 2001, Gareth Taylor and Ian Moore scored as we won 2-0 at Wimbledon and in 2004, a Robbie Blake penalty was the difference between the two sides as we won 1-0 away at Walsall. Our most recent match on this date was 12 years ago in 2010. Despite an impressive 4-1 away win against Hull City, including two 
Graham Alexander penalties and a Wade Elliott free kick, it wasn't enough to keep our Premier League status, although that was our one and only away league win of the 2009-10 season. So in summary, Burnley have won 12, drawn 9 and lost 7 matches on this date, with 40 goals for and 29 against. So that's the end of our history section then, Dave. Why don't you please bring us a bang up to date with the present, starting with our scouting report. Scouting report! Uh, Yeah, well, we uh, previewed the reverse fixture. It was a rather uninspiring goalless draw. That was uh, back in October. Um, We looked at Norwich City's summer transfer activity and also looked how they uh, lined up in the early part of the season. So this time, uh, we're going to see what, if anything, happened in the January window. Uh, We're going to look how things have changed under new manager Dean Smith, as well as assessing their current situation with illness, injury and suspensions, as well as highlighting uh, the best performing players for the season to date. Um, Patience finally ran out with manager Daniel Fark in November, with Norwich moving quickly to bring in Dean Smith, who had recently parted ways with Aston Villa. After a more significant outlay in the summer, Norwich did not add to their numbers in January. Um, Although it can be difficult for teams to attract players when they're stranded at the bottom of the table, uh, they did also seem to be a suspicion that they were content to regroup and perhaps give it another shot at glory in the Championship next season, with recent history showing that they would have every chance of doing just that again. Uh, Smith has tended to start with a back four, using a variety of options in front of that. They lined up 4-4-2 in their last match, which was a 0-0 draw at Brighton, which included a diamond in midfield and Milot Rashika and Timu Puki up front. Uh, as we are recording ahead of Friday's pre-match press conferences, we'll have to use a little bit of guesswork. But the opposition players who appeared to be ruled out include um, Adam Idar, um, Ozan Kabak and Lucas Rupp. Also doubtful are Max Ahrens and Josh Sargent. Former... Blink if and you'd miss him, Burnley defender Ben Gibson and former Rovers player Grant Hanley are likely to return in central defence and will once again have a point to prove after keeping a clean sheet in the reverse fixture at Turf Moor, although they were playing in the back three on that occasion. Uh, the one to watch seems to be striker Timu Puki, who's been the only reliable source of goals again this season. He scored eight, uh, whereas Josh Sargent is the only other player to have scored more than one. Uh, Not surprisingly, Timu Puki is also by far and away the Canaries' top FPL point scorer with 106. Goalkeeper Tim Krull is the next best with 72. Some interesting stats in there, Dave. uh, They're a funny side, really, in Norwich, aren't they? Because they're not... I know it sounds ridiculous, but because they they tend to not really do very much in the seasons that they come up. They've just got a yo-yo for now until they get themselves in a position where they can stay up. It's awful, but I just don't pay any attention to them. That's terrible, isn't it? Okay, Dave, referee. Please tell me we've got somebody sensible referee in the game. Well, I was I was bigging up uh, Mike Dean, wasn't I, in the last one, and he, he gave two soft penalties against us in the, uh, in the first half, so less um, said about that, the better. Uh, uh, one soft penalty, I think. We talked about this very much in the... In the previous show, I the second one is a cast iron penalty for me. I thought the first one was soft, but um, but yes, it's your fault, Dave. We blame it all on you. Um, so who's um, going to be? Well, you, you say that, but I'm not sure we would have got either of those. Oh, okay, that's very true. But the normal rules of penalties don't apply to Burnley. So, 
Every other team in the world would have got those penalties, but we don't get penalties. They could literally chop Vegos' legs off in the penalty box and we wouldn't get it. So, yeah, we have different rules that apply to us. Um, but, yeah, so who, tell us we've got somebody better, please. Who's be we are definitely hoping for better on uh, on Sunday. We've got Michael Oliver. So we're going from one extreme to the other oh, this Lord. week. Uh, because ha- after having the oldest referee in the PGMOL against Everton in midweek, it'll be one of the younger ones on Sunday. Um, he's been around a while, uh, but he's uh, he's now 36, so it's still at the younger end of the scale, certainly compared with four or five of the referees who were uh, in their early 50s. Uh, Michael Oliver from Ashington in Northumberland, with a man in the middle in Norfolk this weekend. Uh, he's taken charge of one previous match between these two teams. Uh, that was at Turf Moor, as Norwich City forgot about their league woes and progressed in the FA Cup. That was after a 2-1 win in January 2020. Uh, Since then, he's also been the referee for our 1-0 win at West Ham United in July 2020, uh, a 1-0 home defeat to Spurs in October 2020, and our 3-0 away win at Crystal Palace in February 2021. His only Burnley game so far this season was our 1-1 home draw with Leeds United last August. This will be Michael Oliver's 25th Burnley game, uh, going all the way back to 2008, um, and in the previous 24, there have been eight Burnley wins, five draws and 11 defeats. Uh, and finally, for this section, it's going to be John Brooks, who will be the video assistant referee on Sunday afternoon. Oh, well, I, I, I kind of think sometimes that refereeing decisions can't get any worse, but I'm going to call this one. It just, Do you know what? I, what I just hope is, is it's just don't mess around with this fixture. It's too important. It's not a nothing game. It's like, don't get just get the decisions right. Mark Oliver, get them right. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Um, well, I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave, because you like to spoil our listeners. So why don't you delve deep into those pockets of yours and let us have your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. Yeah, well, after the last preview show episode, I promise there won't be another rant this time, but I do have an unusual stat about Burnley's current season. Uh, despite our current position in the table... Only two teams, that's Manchester City and Liverpool, have done the league double over the Clarets so far during the current league campaign. The only other clubs who still could are Newcastle United, who we play at Turf Moor on the last day of the season, and Aston Villa, who we've yet to play home or away. For comparison, eight different teams did the league double over Burnley last season. Uh, Burnley's only chance of a league double in our favour will be when we travel to North London in the middle of May, as we look to complement our 1-0 home win over Spurs with a victory at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, definitely. Uh, not happy memories of the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Dave, I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. Um, okay, so this is a bit of a funny one, because despite us thinking we were dead and buried and that it was all going horribly wrong we've suddenly found ourselves back in a fighting position Dave and uh, on paper what seems to be one of the um, best games that you could hope for the only I think the only game that would be better this one is to host Norwich at turf now we didn't do particularly well against them at the beginning of the season but everything's very different right now this is this is a really key stage of the season I'm not of the opinion anymore that this is a must-win game unless Everton beat Manchester United. What are your views ahead of this game, please? I think you don't have uh, must-win games with eight or nine games still to play, and that's uh, my view, and I'm sticking with it. Okay, can we take out of Statman Dave's brain, I know we shouldn't really be messing with Statman Dave's brain, Statman Dave's brain, because it's a 
very complex thing. Can we take the mathematician out of you and the the man that can literally just sees facts? And can we put in there a little bit of um, emotional subjectiveness? Is there any part of it? Because if if Everton beat United on Saturday before we play Norwich, we're really going to struggle to get out of the relegation zone. So how can that not? We have to win if they win. Makes we've got to get. Win, we've, we've, we've got to improve on their record across the nine games, but there are nine games, so you don't. You don't put all your. You, you're a poker player. You don't put all your chips in on one game, on one, uh, on one hand, do you? Well, to be fair, it depends on who I'm playing. Um, but yeah, no, I, actually, I do, I do get that point, and I think up before the Everton game, I was very much in a different camp to you. We've had quite on the analysis show. We talked a lot about um, just the, the real critical gamesmanship of the next few games and I think I just I think the way I see it Dave is that at some point saying that we have to better um our next nine games over Chelsea uh, sorry over Everton I think that depends on us getting our noses in front first so if we win on Sunday and Everton lose then the next eight games are just bettering Everton's results. But I think it's critical. That helps psychologically, yes. Yeah, so I think that's there's those yeah. kind of factors that do it. So, bearing in mind the, just the massive roller coaster of games this season, how are you feeling about going to Norwich? Do you think we can? We haven't performed yet, have we, Dave, in, apart from last night, uh, in respect of the critical games at the bottom. Until the Everton game, we had failed to beat any of our relegation opponents. Do you think now that... that sort of psychological barrier has gone? Do you think we can literally go and win against Norwich? Because it, it, it involves us going at the game, which we're not always famous for. Yeah, I, th- I think it's difficult. So it, even when we have had a bit of momentum behind us, we got the um, couple of um, back-to-back wins, didn't we? And then obviously the, the really good win against Spurs. We didn't follow that up with anything afterwards. So I think it's difficult to say that we've necessarily able to get that momentum going. I think we, we need to tr- we need to treat it a game at a time. We need to not be concentrating too much on what has happened in the previous game or even getting bogged down with what might be happening going forward. But we need to be very focused on Norwich. And as you say, I think we need to be a little bit braver, uh, take the game to them, very much like we did against Brighton. That's our only away win so far this season. And that was a game where we were really at it. We took the game to them from the start. We got goals uh, reasonably early on. And uh, there was no looking back in that game. We played uh, really well, got a really good result. And we perhaps need to have that sort of mindset again against um, Norwich that we did against uh, Brighton. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Go on then, Dave, give me a score prediction, please. Um, I'm confident that we can get a win. So I'm going to go for a Burnley victory and I'm going to go for a 2-1 scoreline. Who's going to score? I think he needs a goal. I think um, Vout's going to get a goal. Vout Veghorst with the opener and then another one coming from left field somewhere. So, left field, Dwight McNeil. Oh, you meant literally left field. No. <laughs> I didn't until I thought about it. Then I thought, I'm going gonna, gonna to go down that pun route, yes. I love it. That was brilliant. <laughs> You're sucking me right in there, Dave. I, I fell for it, left, left, left hook. Um, is that a thing? I don't think that's the thing. Hook, line and sinker. Um, that's the wall. And I was trying to see, I was trying to be clever, Dave. I was trying to jump on Statman Dave's quips and I'm just not smart enough. I'm not Statman Dave. I am a 
poor man's substitute. Um, do, do you know what Veg Vouthorst is going to need to enable to him to score, Dave? Veg Vouthorst? Veg Vout. Vout Veghorst. <laughs> what have you done to me? Vout Veghorst. Do you know what? It's been a reoccurring theme of this season in that in every single preview show, there's been some kind of howler of a pronunciation from me. What well, was it? Man of the Munch or something that I did for Manager of the Month. There's been something every game. Do you know what I think it is? I get excited. You whip me up into some frenzy, Dave, and I talk too quickly when I'm um, excited and I'm I'm getting all giddy about a Norwich victory. So um, I trip over my words. So um, do you know what Vout Veghorst needs to enable him to score a goal? Uh, some service to his feet. Yes, Dave! I knew you would know this. My God, this is why I adore you, Dave. You know what I'm talking about. So, yes, if we can get Jack Cork in midfield, I think that will do it, and play some balls to his feet, he will score. So, I'm going to say it's going to be a 2-0 victory to Burnley. I think Vout is going to score, and I think Matt Lawton's going to score, and he's going to come back into the side. Um, listeners, you know the drill by now. We want um, the score prediction, we want scorers, and we want you to tell us how they're going to score. Fantasy Premier League update. Well, Dave, it has been a while and after a long, long, long gap following the last match of Game Week 31, I believe you can finally bring us some news on the highly competitive and much-loved known and ever Fantasy Premier League. Uh, yeah, it has been a little while. We did the updates in the uh, FPL special and then we weren't able to do them for the uh, last couple of preview shows, but we do have... Um, an update now. So we've got our latest. I'm going to actually do a top 11 because there's 11 managers who've now passed the magic 2,000 points mark. Um, oh. as well. mm. Not 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 either of us, unfortunately. Um, we've got in 11th place is Jaden Fitton with 2,001 points. Uh, Sean Retty, who was a, a guest on our FPL special, is in 10th on 2009. Uh, we've got Will Cooper in ninth on 2012. All very close here. Uh, Chris Horn as a non-mover in eighth place on 2017. Uh, we've got Ursay down to seventh on 2042. Uh, Jack Tone as a non-mover in sixth on 2043. Deck Clark is a climber. Had a good week this week. Uh, up to fifth place on 2045. We've got Adam Dennett, he's down though to fourth place on 2059 points. Jacob Sackwell, another one with a good week, up to third place on 2062. We've got Tall Paul's a non-mover on 2073. And leading the way, uh, our other guest from the FPL special, who's got a lead at the top of 40, uh, sorry, 28 points on 2101, is Luke Lambert, a non-mover in first place. They're our top 10, um, and there has only been one week so far for April, uh, but leading the way with 85 points is Peter Cross. Uh, his tally was helped by the decision to captain Everton striker Richarlison, uh, which earned him 34 points towards that total after he converted two penalties on Wednesday evening. Boo. Boo, 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 boo. Um... We won't bore you with the Known and Ever Podcasters Mini League, which is once again as a totally static top five. Um, and there will be still too many teams left in the FPL Cup. I think 128, Dave, um, just to read all of those out yet. But I believe your team was knocked out last week, Dave. Uh, sadly, yes. Uh, my only chance of silverware has disappeared with Jamie no. Fletcher's Deitch, Deitch baby team scoring an impressive 63 points to my 39 and knocking me out. 
Oh, boo, dash, dash, baby. We don't like you very much. Um, so what about the latest team of the week then? Did any Burnley players make the grade? Uh, yeah, this theoretical best team of the week would have been worth 143 points, and that's even without the double points for the captain, for whichever one you might have chosen. Uh, but the best actual score out of any manager, that's out of the 9 million plus who've uh, entered this season, was 129. Uh, anyway, here's the best 11 from last week, and it's in a 4-5-1 formation. Uh, we had uh, Tim Cruel was in goal. Uh, they had a nil-nil draw. He must have got some bonus points as well. He got uh, 10 points. He was the goalkeeper. We had a back four of Anderson, Doherty, Gomez and Johnny of Wolves. We had a midfield five, which included a Burnley player. Maxwell oh. Corney was in there. He got 13 points. Uh, the other four alongside him were uh, Janelt of Brentford, Jota of Liverpool, uh, Bowen of West Ham United, and uh, Hungmin Son of Tottenham. And up front on his own was uh, Richarlison with uh, 17 points, which was the highest of anyone. Uh, we mentioned already about that FPL special. If you do want any hints and tips to make the most of any remaining chips you have left, then you can still go back and listen to that uh, special episode we did uh, during the international break. Uh, there isn't much time left now for a final surge at the table, so remember to make the most of whatever resources you have left and pick your transfers wisely. Is it any worth me listening to that, Dave? Um, you can always improve yourself. Yeah, you're not going to win now, I don't think, but you never know, second place might just be within reach. Am I still doing <laughs> second place? Do I still am I still doing better than I was last year? I've still improved this season, haven't I? Oh well, yeah, definitely, definitely. I am. I'm, I'm the Brighton of the league this year. That's that's where I'm going to go with. Next season, I'll be in the Champions League, like you wouldn't believe. Well, we will definitely be able to bring you another proper FPL update next time, as all of the fixtures for game week 32 take place on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Gosh, it's been a while since that happened, Dave. Mm, true. Hasn't it? Yeah. It um, so do remember to listen out next Friday's West Ham, Uni West Ham United preview show because we will have another update for you. Statman Dave's quiz question. And as promised, Dave, we just told our listeners that they needed to hang around. Um, we need a quiz question, please. What have you decided to set for us? Uh, well, this week's quiz question is on topic and relates to Burnley's uh, away games at Norwich City. And the question is, prior to Chris Wood's goal in Burnley's away win at Norwich in July 2020, who was the only other Burnley player to have scored a top-flight goal for the Clarets at Norwich City? And what was the year? Oh, gosh, that is a stinker. Well, I am going to have a think about that as we come off air. So why don't you tell our listeners how they can submit their answers, please? Uh, you can get in touch with us, let us know the answer using any of these methods. You can tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at never. You can email us to the special dedicated email address we've got, previewshow at never.net, Or you can also reply to the post for this preview show on either the No Nay Never Facebook page or on YouTube. You certainly can. Uh, well, before I let our lovely listeners go, Dave, do we have any community news, please, that we need to share? Um, nothing specific, just a bit of a rallying cry from me this week. Uh, whether you're one of the lucky ones who'll be making the long trip to Carroll Road on Sunday, or if you're watching the game on TV, either in the fan zone at Turf Moor, out and about in a pub or at home, we hope you enjoy a good game and it ends with a positive result. Uh, once again, it may not be a must-win game, 
but it's surely one of our better opportunities to get an away win to build some momentum and to add to our only other league victory on the road this season, which was a 3-0 win at Brighton in February. I'm sure we'd all take that same scoreline again on Sunday, although in all honesty, I think almost all of us will be more than happy with a 1-0 away win. Uh, For the most part, the fans have stayed behind the team all season, despite our difficulties on the pitch, and we know that home and away, we can help to make a difference and roar the team on to inspire them. All we can then do is hope the players reward that support with maximum effort on the pitch to try and maintain our Premier League status. So up the clarets and enjoy the match. Oh, what a lovely thing. What a lovely thing. Well, I'm going to leave it on that note because that is a lovely way to end this week's preview show. My thanks as ever go to everybody who contributed to get this in the air. Uh, to Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements, to producer Matt, who once again, with fixtures coming thick and fast, has had to do a double, um, very quick back-to-back double um, podcast production. So thank you, Matt. Statman Dave, of course, for pulling all of these stats together and giving us the material that we can get this out there, especially with two games a week. It's a phenomenal commitment, Dave, and we are really, really grateful. Um, Last but no means least, you, the listeners, for downloading and listening to this podcast. We uh, would not be here without you, and your support is very much appreciated. Um, The Analysis Show team will be back on Tuesday, which we will be picking apart um, the Norwich game. Um, I did say in the Analysis Show that with the fixtures very, very thick and fast in April, we didn't yet know whether or not we were going to do one after every game or double up. Um, It just depends on how things are going, if there's any talking points, if it is going to literally be a chess game and a game-by-game basis, then we might do one after every game. So keep tuned to social media. Um, Dave, when will you and I be back? Uh, we'll be back next Friday, so I guess we'll be recording on Thursday, looking ahead to the West Ham game on Sunday, and that should be available to listen to sometime on uh, on next Friday. Excellent. Thank you. Which does mean, listeners, that you have plenty of time to get your quiz questions in, so do submit those answers. Um, that's all. Do take care of yourselves and each other in the meantime. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Never podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.